Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction went, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do. You know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, <laughs> Thanks, right. Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could do this and I was just so comfortable that I was like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> all this stuff. It's a special knack. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny B, and I'm super excited to welcome Ben Hunter, fiction category manager from Booktopia, to chat about all things fiction. How are you, Ben? I'm bloody good, Danny. How have you been? Really good. I'm super excited to have you to myself tonight to talk all things fiction. But before we get started, can you tell me your role at Booktopia? Yeah, so I'm category manager for fiction, as you said. That that means I review upcoming books um, and and decide as best I possibly can uh, where to place them on our website in campaigns, um, uh, what kind of extent to which do we uh, take a punt and buy lots of stock of a book to try and get ahead of demand. Um, I also get to spend time in author interviews and book signings. Um, that's a wonderful part of my job. Um, and just trying to uh, keep, keep the wheels of, at least the fiction wheels of Booktopia greased day to day. It's, um, it's, a, it's a slog. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a lot of pressure, especially buying books in advance when you might, you know, with some authors tried and tested, you probably know this is going to be a hit, but sometimes it must be a real risk. Tell me about these things. Oh, yeah. The, the risk is, <laughs> risk is, a, is a wonderful friend of mine. Dave. <laughs> friend um, of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, my boss kind of uh, presses on me that like if 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 I haven't uh, if I haven't in say a Christmas season bought at least some books that are uh, just haven't fired and I've got way too many left at the end of the season and they're hanging around in January and February and March then I haven't done the job I haven't been bullshit enough with the the books that are hits um, so 
yeah, I, I make many mistakes and I try and learn from them as best I can. <laughs> I don't believe that. Now, tell me, I want to know if there's been an example of a book you really believed in that took off that everyone else was going, ah, I don't know about that. Has there been a book like that? Oh, um, look, I, I don't, I'm not going to claim that I was, uh, <laughs> I'm by no means going to claim that I was a, a sole instigator of this, but I was very early on, um, Trent Dalton's Boy Swallows Universe. Uh-huh. Um, we, we, we've made a very modest, um, uh, uh, you know, pinch on that. Um, and, and that paid off uh, many times over. Uh, but the the ones I've missed have far outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> and they, there's ones that I, I have rolled the dice on that I'm sure are just waiting to come true, uh, waiting <laughs> to be international successes. Oh, um, the animals in that country. That was a book that um, maybe maybe uh, maybe I didn't buy stacks upon stacks of stock, but I, I I just knew in my heart of hearts that that was a wonderful book, and uh, to see that getting award recognition now that that's really good. Um, but yeah, my my, my failures uh, totally <laughs> outnumber the successes, um, and I think that's the way with everyone. But um, you know, you have to be reactionary. <laughs> When, yeah. when when um, Bridgerton overnight becomes the biggest uh, selling book phenomenon in the universe and there's no Bridgerton um, books anywhere in the country, you have to make them appear. Mm-hmm. Magician and 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 um, fiction category manager, I like it. It sounds very stressful, Ben. I feel stressed just hearing about what you do. So well done to you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're still going, oh, my God, I do this every day. And, you know, I think I was, um, well, I like to think I was a bit of an early adopter of, of Boy Swallows Universe as well. I, when I picked it up and I just started reading the first page, I just thought, this is a special book. So I, I approached mm. um, Trent very, very early on, which I'm so glad I did. <laughs> and said, I know, hey, right? What a, what a character. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to chat about your book? But, yeah, so so I'm assuming his second book, you're all, you're all over that one. You're like, yep, yeah, probably should buy a few of those. Yep, and uh, <laughs> I think if, if, you, if you're eager for more Trent, I think, I think there'll be more Trent in the future. Yeah, absolutely. That, is, um, that guy is determined. <laughs> and he's promised me um, to appear on my 400th episode, so hopefully he'll have a book oh. by then or we'll just talk about, I don't know, we'll find something to talk about. We'll talk about our favourite food or something. <laughs> now, I reckon the calibre of books this year has been pretty amazing. I mean, I've been blown away by some of the books I've read this year and it's only March or nearly April. What have been some of your favourite books so far this year? I mean, obviously you read books before they've been released so that's okay too tell us about your standouts yeah look I knew you were gonna ask some rendition of this question <laughs> and so I sat down with a, a piece of paper and a pencil and I sort of scratched my head and was like if I if I can if I can just yarn about a couple of books before the clock starts going over um I'll what would it. there be <laughs> you know what happens when I come on the Booktopia podcast? I just rave on about eight books. Like it was oh, meant well, to be one, I think, and I'm like, oh, I've just got a quick eight. <laughs> well, I'd be thrilled to have you back and do that again anytime. Um, uh, one book that stood out for me early in the year is The Prophets by uh, Robert Jones Jr. It is a debut novel um, coming out of the US uh, and it is the most polished beautifully crafted book i've uh happened upon in a long time uh if you like tony morrison 
or Colson Whitehead. I think this is a book for you. Uh, it uh, all kind of takes place um, in the deep south of America on a plantation where two slave men are in love wow. <laughs> and they have the most incredible relationship and it uh this book uh celebrates life and uh uh the the magic of love and and humanity in, in ways of I've, I've never really uh discovered before um in this in this deep 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 place of repression um and uh violence um and yeah, this, this radical act of love, these two men kind of tears the fabric of this slave society apart from the inside um, in ways that you will discover when you read it. God, I um, need to read this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's beautifully told and peppered throughout. The, there's, there's, different, there's different perspectives in this book and, and then peppered throughout is this... Um, kind of uh greek chorus voice of uh the african ancestors of of these people and wow. it's beautifully portrayed uh there's there's surprising amounts of humor in this you know it's um it's just something totally different i love it i can't it's i can't amazing. get enough and just when you brought up the greek theater i loved i studied at uni 12 i studied oedipus rex and i just loved greek theater since then it's you know obviously very weird but the greek chorus i love that idea i'm totally in i'm in yeah it's a it's a winning uh narrative <laughs> function for me what else you got okay um another one uh that i'd like to touch on is a book of short stories uh, i wish i read more short stories than i do they're just marvelous things mm. um and i wish they were more um financially popular how well do short stories traditionally sell that aren't kids uh, rarely well like wow, and, and even um you know even when an established author um like Lee Child or Haruki Murakami um, drops a book of short stories, um, it will sell comparatively poorly in comparison to a novel by the same author. Um, people love novels. They're, mm. they're, it's, it's, a, it's a winning form uh, in terms of the way people consume and, and the way people buy books in print. Yeah, I think short stories are often consumed in magazines, periodicals, and um, even on podcasts these mm, days. So people get their short story fix in other ways. But yeah, um, if you're not if you're not getting short stories in your in your literary diet, you're not doing it right because <laughs> short stories are probably some of my favourite things that I read are short stories. Anyway, um, this book, Danny, <laughs> <laughs> um, born into this uh, by a guy called Adam Thompson, who's uh, an activist figure in the Tasmanian Aboriginal community. Uh, he's been deeply in, involved in that for a long time. Uh, but I think this is his, his first uh, book, um, a fiction in print, and it involves a lot of cultural practice, um, but it's just got this wonderful um, array of characters who are kind of living on the margins of black and white Australia 
Um, there are flawed people. There's a lot of humor. There's a there's a lot of um, gall and uh, punch to this. Um, you know, it totally explores racism uh, and the kind of unspoken pretensions that um, it kind of brings them out to the fore. Uh, it's got just so much heart and like a deep sense of care for the changing environment and just for the people that occupy these kind of fringe fringe areas of our society um it's it's just glorious and um people like uh melissa lukashenko are just raving about this book so I, i think that could be an award contender in the australian sphere later in the year wow i love the hot tips and predictions i think i've got Mm. that on my shelf yeah i do i have it on my shelf i'm I'm talking to adam soon peel it open it's yeah uh, looking forward to that it's a good one right um and one more uh which is really obvious (laughs) (laughs) um uh, a book that uh, I just adored and I'm, I'm so glad that it's good <laughs> is um, Ishiguro, uh, Clara and the Sun. He's yeah. uh, a book winner. He's a Nobel Prize winner. Uh, it's been a while since we've had fiction from him. This is his first fiction since winning the booker. Clara and the Sun, he, this guy doesn't write uh, two novels the same. Uh, he, he always goes into new territory with every book and this is no exception uh so in this novel the protagonist is not human (laughs) (laughs) um clara is an artificial friend which is like a robotic doll wow companion to lonely um middle class children in this sort of near future society which is um strangely like post-work where like the majority of people don't participate in the economy in the traditional way of working nine to five jobs anymore and a very small portion of uh the world society uh uh earns all the money which is not that different to how we are now um but they, they frequently um, have artificially modified their own brains to be hyper-intelligent. They, they're lifted. So there's, there's these speculative themes uh, that, that talk to the kind of questions about time. Uh, but beyond that, so like that's, that's really interesting and cool by itself. But at the heart of this novel, at the heart of everything that Ishiguro writes is this wonderful... Um, exploration of the interior. Um, you know, there's this gorgeous world building, but the um, just tenderness and care he takes going inside the minds and thoughts and feelings of his characters, even when they're not even human, yeah. <laughs> is, is just breathtaking. Um, so that's doing really well, and I'm thrilled for it, and I'm thrilled to have read it. Uh, uh, go read all of his stuff. If yeah, you have it. It's, sounds amazing. He's good. Um, and there's oh, there's there's so much more great uh, Australian fiction. I feel like I could be talking about Nikki Gamble's new book. Uh, I just had a podcast with her today, and she's she's wild, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jacqueline May- Mayley, 
Um, she's a Walkley Award-winning journalist and, and her debut novel, um, The Truth About Her, is awesome. That gets under your skin. That's amazing. And there's just, yeah, there's all this stuff I'm excited for in the months to come and, and even just weeks and days in terms of um, things that are releasing now. It's, as you said, Danny, it's an exciting time. It is. I think so too. And the books you've mentioned, they're just amazing. And I wanted to ask you a question because readers are usually um, expecting something from a particular author, you know, and you were just right. saying how, you know, he does his books, every book is something different, he explores something different. So do readers expect that now from that author or, you know, because there's some sort of, um, I guess, comfort in in picking up an author and going, oh, this is going to be a Lee Child's book or this is going to be an X book or this is going to be an X book. Yeah, I, I think maybe, look, I don't, I don't want to sound like elitist or whatever, but I think when you pick up a Lee Child, um, it's, it's certainly a, a Jack Reacher by Lee Child. Um, I'm not, not to say that Jack Reacher's next book might be about, I don't know, uh, it might be a cookbook, who knows? But <laughs> um <laughs> But 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 Jack Reacher follows a wonderful formula uh, that rewards um, return readers. That's that's for certain. Um, but I also like actually actually Jack Reacher is an interesting example, Danny, because Jack Reacher novels uh, there's very little um, follow through plot book to book. It's just the same. There's just a constant character who's always getting off a greyhound bus and like <laughs> punching some bad guys. But that's kind of the limit to it in 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 Jack Reacher books. And I think that is why like Jack Reacher doesn't age. There's no like buddy cops or like romances that go book to book. I think that's kind of why Jack Reacher's kind of just gone up and up and up over the years. Um, and but that's not to say that. I don't know. Um, uh, other, other, um, more precise and controlled narrative worlds can't be successful. I mean, goodness, how many people read all of the Harry Potter books or all of the Game of Thrones <laughs> books? Um, in terms of uh, what what you seek from an author, like that's that's a really interesting question. Mm. And from someone like um, Margaret Atwood or Ishiguro, or um, Bernadine Everisto, um, or Charlotte Wood, or <laughs> I should be, uh, Christos Jolkas, like I should be saying Australian authors, uh, <laughs> that uh, some authors, um, and they are frequently prize winners. That's not to say that they're better writers, that it's just a different, maybe it's just a different kind of writing. Um, they, you what you, what you're returning to that author for is the sense of new and the and the uncharted territory or the yeah. interior worlds in which they'll they'll take you as a reader and they might do that with an entirely different subject matter an entirely different narrative an entirely different plot um and that's that excites me mm. That's interesting. And I think there's room for them all, you know, and it depends on not, yeah. not only the reader you are, but it depends on the mood you're in. And I, I read multiple books at a time. I, I don't know if you, you probably read a lot, so I don't know how you do that, but yep. I read multiple books at a time and it depends on what mood I'm in. You know, if I'm in, in the mood for something, you know, crimey that I can just read and enjoy, or maybe I'm into, I want to read something, you know, for kids, or if I want to read something a little bit, you know, more literary or whatever. So it depends mm. on the mood you're in as well. It depends on what time of day it is as well, you know. 
know, if you're opening a book at 10 o'clock because you can't sleep, I'm not doing anything heavy. <laughs> mm. I During lockdown, I had a wonderful time with Alexander McCall Smith audiobooks. Uh-huh. That's, that, was, that was just a, a wonderful respite to me and I would recommend that. And that's it's kind of another end of the spectrum for the kind of novels I've been talking about. There's a lot less crazy crap going on. Um, there's a lot of repeat characters who are dealing with their things in their own world. Um, but they're gorgeous and and they they can touch like <laughs> Alexander McCall Smith with his like uh his um wholesome uh domestic narratives can touch on the same themes as yeah. Margaret Atwood or any of the other big literary figures. Yeah, um, just does it in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I do want to talk a bit about genre with you, Ben. And it was funny, I had a conversation with um, Peter, uh, Patrick Gallagher, who's the CEO for um, Alan Unwin, and I said, you know, why is crime so big? And he made a good point and said, there's everything in crime. You know, crime has everything in it. It has emotions and it has suspense and it reflects the world and it can be literary and all that kind of stuff. What do you think about categorising books into genres? Oh, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, as someone who works on the cold face of it, every time uh, I have to try and uh, look at how a book has been jammed into the the um, the data led categorizations of our website, uh, it's, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> um, but yeah, genre is a wonderful thing. Uh, crime fiction is a wonderful thing. Um, I used to rail against it, but now I love it. Um, (laughs) fantasy fiction is a wonderful thing. Science fiction is a wonderful thing. Romance fiction, God, is the most bizarre, intricate, super organism I've ever (laughs) discovered. Um, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know what to say about genre other than, that um what do you do with a book that crosses genres yeah yeah that's that is difficult um and it's it's often the books that cross genres that are successful Mm. um but in terms of how to present them it can you know it presenting a uh kind of uh domestic drama um that crosses over as a thriller if I frame it as a thriller, if I put in a, uh, a thriller um, page on the website or, or, or an email to people who have subscribed to get updates on books about thrillers at um, the expense of putting it in something else, um, I kind of worry that I'm cutting the book out from half of its audience or, or more, people that really could enjoy it. Um, I kind of fudge things a lot by just double doing the work double because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to um, alienate people either you know yeah and um there's a, a a latent fear of of offending an audience or or an author even mm-hmm. by by calling something uh for example popular fiction when it when it um it would like to be seen by certain groups as literary fiction, for example. I mean, that 
the literary versus popular thing is its own mm. horrible kettle of it fish. Is, it is. I mean, what what makes something literary? We could have. I had this massive conversation with uh, John Purcell, who used to work at Booktopia, oh, about goodness. popular fiction and literary fiction, because obviously his book, you know, was was about that. What's your take? What's your take on popular and literary? Is there even such a thing? Does it exist? And how do you determine it? Um, there, there seems to be a, a a trend, and I don't I don't know if this is just me, but there seems to be a, a trend um, in which um, popular fiction, like book, books that are um, very uh, um, like simply structured. Or linear, um, uh, you know, with with easy resolutions um, and not a lot of um, confusing flowery stuff that you would associate with literary fiction uh, get framed as literary fiction purely because uh, how do I say this? Uh, bad stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a, a, a misconception where where literary fiction is is just. Is just is just the sad books, and you know I, I get it. Like if you've read Dostoevsky, a lot of sad stuff happens. Um, but uh, I I think that's a, a confusion. I'm not going to say perversion, but I think that's a, a confusion of of the concept. Um, but then again, like yeah, what what is literary to me doesn't have to be literary to you. Yeah, I was about to say that it could mean different things to different people, I guess as well. Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it always will, no matter how well you think you've nailed something down. Mm. It's it's always going to ruffle someone's feathers in someone's corner, and and that people people challenging what is high art and low art constantly is is what is what makes is what makes writing and art and culture, you know, in a more broad sense, so vibrant and brilliant. Mm. You know, something can go from being street art to being um, in an auction house the next day and vice versa. Mm. I think for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, Ben, but I think for me if a book resonates with me or makes me feel something or makes me be surprised about something, like I don't care if it's meant to be popular or meant to be high literary fiction, if it it Mm. makes me feel stuff, you know, like that I've never felt before or feel something powerfully, like, I'm in, you know, I don't care what genre it is or what people think about it. That's, that's a, that's an excellent position to be in Tenny and I, I wholeheartedly endorse it for all readers. <laughs> um, I've, I've been surprised by genre work a lot in, in terms of, um, in terms of the, the, the gems and the deep reflection you can get out of them. Uh, over and beyond um, experiences with, uh, traditionally literary works in, in, in other circumstances. So um, read broadly because yeah, yeah, books are full of surprises, aren't they? they? Are. And what I love probably about, you know, what we both do is sometimes books come to you and they're a bit of a surprise and you think, oh, I might not have ever picked this up. Imagine if I didn't pick this up, you know, and it's so good that they come yep. to you and they find you and then you think, wow, this was amazing. That's happened to you before, Ben? Yes, and and um, it makes me think of <laughs> so many instances where a book just gets the wrong cover, <laughs> so it doesn't <laughs> reach its intended reader, um, or you know, it just it can be something as simple as um, 
a endorsement from a fellow author. If if that author is perceived as a certain kind of author who would uh, blurb for a kind of book, then uh, that 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 can um, that can dilute the waters of, of who will read a book or not read the book. Mm. Um, oh, there's there's something just so potent and metaphysical and alive and chemical going on all the time. Every time someone walks into a bookshop uh, where I'm sort of looming, I, I love to watch what they do and how they process their environment and, and even just the the little free library outside my house. I love seeing what pe- what goes in there mm-hmm. and and how long it stays in there. And I love seeing people <laughs> rifle through it. I love seeing what kind of person drops off what kind of book into that library. Oh, <laughs> just that I could just I could just if, I would I would love to just um just retire and just set up a deck chair next to that that said, little why? library and why just watch it all pick, day. Why did you pick up that book and not that book? Talk to me about the psychology of that. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, just wanna and but people like a lot of the time people would just say i, I don't know i just mm. just called to me yeah. and that's that's the magic of it and it that's, is, it? to and be could, involved in that even in a very small way is oh, gorgeous yeah and it could and it could be a, a number of things like we said before how you're feeling that particular day but you know book cover or the blurb or who's endorsed it like so many things i often open the book and read the first page and i feel like you know a first page can tell you a lot about mm. what's what's to come, particularly I think if you if you read quite widely, and so I always open a book and read the first sort of three pages, and and that's how I sort of if I'm if I'm at a bookshop and I'm feeling like I'm going to buy one book today or something, that's what I like yes, to it, do. That's that's a, that's a hot tip. If if um if you pick up a book and and you're not sure what it is, <laughs> <laughs> read the first even just the first sentence, mm. um, and read the um if a book has a, a even a even a dedication or an epigram at the front of the book, I, I can get a lot out of that. Um, <laughs> I love reading <laughs> that, the dedications. Can, I love them. Yeah, um, <laughs> that that can that can sing to you as to what kind of author this is and what kind of book this might be, and even just that can call to you. Yeah. That. Oh, there's so much to discover. Yeah, there would be. Like, you know, you could probably do a doctorate on this, you know, the whole psychology of books and how you, I'm sure there's been studies on it, but I should read some, you know, how books are chosen, what you look for when you're in a book. I always feel super relaxed when I'm in a bookshop. It's like all of a sudden I just feel so relaxed. That's probably a good thing. You you want to be relaxed, maybe not too relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise you wouldn't buy something. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah, there's, uh, uh, there's a surprising amount of um, creepy psychology involved in retail in general, and yeah. um, and and books are their own weird, wonderful wackiness that that often doesn't cram into the formula of of like retail market speak. Mm. Uh, but ah, oh, there's there, yeah, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of thinking about the internal machinations of the brain involved in my job which uh now that i really think about it is really awesome <laughs> i think it's awesome too i can't believe we've gotten this deep on this oh i can actually i can of course i can 
<laughs> Tell me about an interesting um, experience when you're in a signing meeting an author. I mean, you, you probably met a lot. What's been something really interesting that you found out about an author or that surprised you about an author? I'm often surprised by um, what kind of small talk an author makes <laughs> or whether they make small talk at all <laughs> and the things that people feel nervous about. Um, I'm always a bit like it's it's a very uh, strange, potent atmosphere to be in an author signing. Um, it's 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 strange. It's it's wonderful. Uh, often I'm I'm really uh, moved by the people in the room an author is drawn to. You know, some mm-hmm. some authors they just want to talk to their agent or the, the, their minder, their publicist. Um, and the the people in the room just don't really exist that much to them. Um, but sometimes uh, an author just wants to have a deep, in, intense yarn with the person on, say, reception <laughs> <laughs> and just talk all about a holiday they had to the South Coast two years ago, and that will just go on for a couple of hours, and that, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the signing. Um, and then, you know, the author can go into the little podcast dome we have and, and have an entirely different chat. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in the, how would I, how would I say this politely, the um, idiosyncrasies of, mm-hmm. of people whom you have an expectation formed yeah, around based on something that just you. doesn't, it's not, a corporeal part of them. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to ask you that because, you know, when you read a book, you know, you can't help but think that you've got inside the author's head in some way, you know, because often they're all about personal deep things and then there must be some expectation sometimes when you talk to people that they, they're going to be like the book you read or something like that. Yes, um, particularly, you know, a lot of contemporary fiction is very autobiographical. Mm. Um, but also... Uh, crime writers are, are great. Um, they are some. They are some special, special humans um, <laughs> to be able to process the grizzly uh, in in the kind of uh, academic way that they do. Yeah, uh, is is something very special. And sometimes uh, the research they undertake is phenomenal. Yes, um, and then you know when they come in, you're like, oh, I wonder what kind of person that's going to be. And then <laughs> uh, Candace Fox, for example, is a bloody scream. She's she a weird, and wild person. Um, uh, Michael Connolly uh, is just this stoic powerhouse who will just sit there and sign at a hundred million miles an hour and. <laughs> will barely like he'll shake your hand and then like just sort of get to look work. at the ground and then just he's he's a workhorse he's there to work <laughs> but as soon as you um sit down in a kind of formal setting to discuss that work uh, he he becomes this the most interesting person in the room to talk to he's, I love that. he's <laughs> like is this he's got modes i love it he compartmentalizes uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, romance horses often um, 
have very fragrant smells. They they wear so much perfume. Love uh, this. <laughs> now we're talking about the smells of authors. This has gone beyond. It's what a I it's thought. a visceral experience <laughs> of signing. You know, like a lot of blood, sweat, and tears go into signing, especially the big piles of books. Um, if romance authors smell like perfume, what do crime writers smell like? Grit, <laughs> <laughs> blood. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Police tape. No, it's a thing. I I, I I don't know if this is a rumor or not, but there's there's a certain romance convention uh, that happened at least pre-COVID, uh, for which like perfume was banned on the night because oh, wow. there was so many, um, mainly women in one room wearing so many different intense perfumes that it became like I don't know an health hazard. hazard. <laughs> so much i hope that's a true story because i it's love just, that i don't know it's, there's a lot of passion in there and <laughs> <laughs> it is expressed in fragrance that is the best i really like that you need to have all the windows open at a romance conference hot tip yeah <laughs> last question ben and we've gone we've gone far and wide and deep and it's been great why has reading always been important to you oh that's a hard question um Reading uh, makes me a smarter, better human, Danny. Um, it 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 um it lets me escape me and my little internal drudgery and <laughs> tap into something that's uh, beyond. And <laughs> that sounds very religious. Um, Reading is a religion, Ben. Yeah, to me it is in, in at least a certain sense. Um, also, the, just the act of, of, of sitting quietly and holding a novel in your hands, and even if you're not consuming a great portion of the text, I'm a notoriously slow and hopeless reader, Danny. <laughs> um, there's a brilliant act of meditation that happens in the room with the book. Um, <laughs> someone, uh, um, someone once explained this feeling of, um, uh, and you know, reading reading is often grueling, um, and and that's yeah. You know, people who aren't into reading um, need to understand this because you know they um, often ask like, oh, how do you do that for how do, you, how do you manage all that? Like, I, I struggle with reading. I'm like, well, I struggle with reading too. I struggle on purpose, <laughs> right? Um, someone explains, phrased it in a way that I love once, and uh, they, they said, um, I, I don't really want to read said book. I, I want to have experienced having read said book. Even if I could... Um, like download all of the content of that book on a USB and just somehow digest it into my brain <laughs> straight away. That's not the, that's not necessarily what I want. I want to have read the book. I want to have the experience of being in the room with that novel for so many hours and see what unfolds because yeah, the reader brings a lot to the novel yeah and novels bring a lot out of me i'm a pretty i'm a pretty up and down kooky weirdo um <laughs> uh 
for, you know, um, 20 uh, hours of the day, but for three or four hours of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm in the book. And, uh, so you're even I'm, a kooky widow when you're asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but for like that, that moment I'm with the novel, I, like something, it draws stuff out of me and it makes me into a, a more uh, greater being. <laughs> I love that. No, I love that. And I've read studies where reading, you know, changes you and it changes your brain. And I would have loved to have, you know, done that study on people who read a lot before and, you know, after 300 books and see how you've actually changed. So I find that fascinating. Yes. Oh, there's, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a, there's interesting ways people have tried to cut it apart with science. Um, I don't know if you really can. Um, no. All I know is I love it and I, I rave on about it far too much. <laughs> Not at all. And I think all the good people are um, avid readers. So I think there's something in that. So <laughs> we've proven it enough right here today. <laughs> Danny, it's been a, a real pleasure. Um, I, I want to know what what are what are you loving reading at the moment? Just for my own selfish purposes. Yeah, no. Um, what am I loving reading at the moment? Um, I am about to start Candace Fox's new book, so I'm really Good. excited about that. And um, it's, I'm about to open the pages, and you know, when I'm really excited about that because I've loved all of her work and I love speaking to Candace, and I know this book is meant to be huge, um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm currently reading. Um, Gabriel Bergmose's uh, new YA book. Um, I've right. just started that one too. And I just love the opening of it. It's fantastic. So they're the two that I'm reading. And um, the one that really resonated with me this year, which I think I mentioned to you before, was um, uh, Will Dean's The Last Thing to Burn. It still is just imprinted in my brain. You know, like right. I, I feel like I visualise that book so well that it's still, I still think about it and I've read it in one sitting. You know, I couldn't leave the lounge until I'd finished it. So that that was a really special book. So mm. I hear he's got another one in 2023. So I'm like, I can't wait to read it. I know it's quite a long way away, but just something about his writing just really, really stuck with me. So, yeah, they're mine at the moment. It's so special. It is. It oh. really is. Ah, oh, this is this is nice. <laughs> well, we'll have to do it again, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Usually, I talk about you know a particular author and a particular book, but we've managed to you know talk about so many things about reading and books and everything. And I'm glad to have had you to myself for 30 minutes to unpack that all. So thank you, Ben. It's been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to doing it again. <laughs> <laughs>